I'm Sarah Tasker. I'm Jen Carrington. And this is Letters from a Hopeful Creative. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Jen. So before we jump into today's episode, we have a little scheduling update. Yes. Jen and I have decided to practice what we preach and give ourselves a little bit of time off. So this is going to be the last podcast just for a few weeks. Yes, we will be back at the end of April. But until then, you can obviously catch up with all of the past episodes. And I think that's over 30 now for you to catch up with. It is. And also our individual podcasts. So make it happen. And hashtag authentic if you've not listened to those before. Yeah, We are so excited to come back with lots of energy to record an episode. But today will be the last one just for a few weeks. It will. So let's hear today's letter. Hi Sarah and Jen. First of all, I have to say I so enjoy your podcast and if you ever have a day when you wonder if any of it matters, know that it does and there are people listening to your podcast episodes from years ago still benefiting from the time you took to share. I'm going to weep. That is like the kindest thing. That's what I really needed to hear. Can we print that out and stick it somewhere? (laughs) Thank you, Kayla. Kayla is today's letter writer. Anyways, onto the question, she says, you talk about the importance of building community online, which I have a grip on in normal life, but feel a bit at a loss online. Can you expand on how that really looks for a blog or Instagram account? Also, I'm really curious if you could respond to a piece of Instagram advice I've seen online that kind of goes hand in hand with this. I've seen a suggestion for people trying to build their most authentic and engaged audience online to download an app that identifies who their ghost followers are Mm. and block them. So they bow down their following to the people who are real and engaged. What's your response to this advice? Kayla. Can I start by talking about that advice? Because it is one of my bugbears at the moment. It is coming up everywhere. I understand where it comes from. So the idea behind it is we know the algorithm is going to, is a, it's kind of a massive oversimplification, but let's say you post a new post, the algorithm will show that post to say 10% of your audience. And depending on how that 10% of your audience engages with it, it will decide whether or not to send it out to further members of your audience. That is why people say like the first hour is really crucial on Instagram. So this theory kind of comes from the idea that if you have lots of people on your follower list who are seeing your content but not engaging with it or who are perhaps being shown your content but never actually really logging in because they're bots or their spam accounts and there's no real human behind them then that might be reducing your overall reach of your posts so people's response to this and to up their engagement ratio in regards to their following is to go through their following and manually start deleting these people and there is an app you can download that tells you what it thinks are ghost followers or spam followers to help you do this in theory that all sounds okay but my issues with this are actually quite multiple so first of all the app seems to be a little bit dodgy it definitely goes against instagram's terms of service and it can mean that your account is suspended you're put on a shadow ban or even deleted so i would not advise downloading an app that does that second of all it's working on a lot of assumptions so just because someone's not liked or commented on your post just because they've not posted themselves any of those kind of variables doesn't mean they're not a real human. It's very difficult to tell if someone's a real person or not. And even if you're doing it manually, like by going to their page and reading their profile, you're still going to have to make assumptions. And we know that as humans, we make a lot of wrong assumptions, especially about fellow humans. And thirdly, I think it kind of sets this precedent where we're saying, unless you like and comment on my posts, you are not valuable to me as a follower Mm. and I'm going to delete you or block you. Can you imagine if you are just someone who's a passive user of Instagram, of which there are millions of people who just look and do nothing else, and one day you go to check your favourite account and they've blocked you because you weren't liking their posts. Like, what does that say about your intentions as a creator? How does that make that audience member feel? If you're worried about numbers, I would also say anyone who's looking at your content 
whether they're clicking like or not, is having a positive impact. And most of all, I just think all of this takes so much time and energy away from the stuff that we actually need to be doing, which is creating the best content we can, connecting with people in our community, reaching out beyond our existing bubble. Have you seen my face looking at you as you're explaining this? (laughs) Yes. My mind is like blown for the exact reason that you said at the end there is like, what a waste. This Okay, I am not saying any of this to shame anyone who has listened to and been influenced to this Mm. advice because you're human and there is so much noise right now normalizing obsessing about these things. It makes it sound very compelling when you read about it online. But why the hell? Should we waste our life minutes giving a crap about this for all the reasons that you said, like anyone listening who has felt any pressure to follow that advice, you are worth so much more than that advice. Your creativity, that's nothing to do with your creativity. That's also nothing to do with business. It's nothing to do with you. Whoever is following you is nothing to do with you. Matt Diavella is a podcaster and like a filmmaker and there's a tweet he, and I'm sure this tweet has been said by many people, but it was like, I saw him post it a few months ago and it was like, be so good that you don't care about the algorithm. Yes. And I think that is sage, sage, sage advice. Absolutely. I understand why it's very easy to get bogged down in this stuff. And I think I say this in my book, Hashtag Authentic, that anytime you find yourself tempted to try and game the system or work the system in any way, try and check in on yourself and redirect the energy back into your creativity because that is where it will always pay off. Look at any of the people who have succeeded and... I mean, for 99% of them, it is not by gaming the system. And if you do know someone who's won by gaming the system, everybody knows it. And you know that they've not got anything of value and it kind of completely devalues their brand. So do you want to be known for being the person that built a following despite their content not being as great as it could be? Or do you want to be known for your content? That is not why your real work is happening by caring about ghost followers. Absolutely not. So definitely avoid that don't download the app don't waste your time with it if anything feels like a hack or a manipulation if it's not encouraging you to go deeper into who you are and where your magic happens please ignore it you're worth so much more than that and why are we so tempted to cheat where does this come from well do you remember the other day that i sent to you a website that had completely plagiarized my website yes of course and i've been thinking so much once you get over the anger and the ego burn of that i've been thinking again why do because that's cheating yeah and i'm like if you can have some compassion to someone who does that similar to anyone who feels like they kind of have to game the system in any way yeah I think it comes from a place of fear. It definitely does. It def- and, and we've all been there. I think we've all had times in our life where we've been like, I just need a shortcut. And it never comes from feeling confident, skilled, abundant. It doesn't come from any of those emotions. It comes from that lack mindset. It comes from panic. It comes from feeling like there's not enough time. Yeah, if you just, yeah, why is there so much terrible advice? <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, because there's a market for it. But hopefully people hearing this can hear the sense in what we're saying and see. Actually, I think probably deep down, most people know that this isn't what they need to do. Okay, shall we get, stop ranting and go to today's yes. question? so let's get to the real question. So what does it actually look like to build community online? What do you think? Like, because to me, I'm like, it's a, I'm like, oh, like I live and breathe this, but I understand from the out, this question made me realize that from the outside, it could be a little bit of like, yeah, but what does that mean? Yeah. And I've also come across it when people say, oh, I've been doing this for years and I still don't have any community. And then you go and look and they have like consistent people replying to all of their blog posts, consistent people replying to all of their Instagram posts. So I think it's really interesting to work out what it means for different people And I guess how we can appreciate the communities that we do have, because maybe some people are overlooking them. What does community mean to you? To me, it means having a group of like-minded people 
who I can kind of hold space for with what I'm creating. So I very much see it as like, if I post an Instagram post, I'm trying to open up a space for a conversation Mm. and my community are the people who are going to come in and, and have that conversation with me. I know some people see it more of kind of like a creator and fan dynamic, but I, I guess to me that doesn't necessarily feel so much like community. Having been a member of so many different communities online, I would say a key facet for me is that people are talking to each other and not just to you. Mm, yeah, I love, I really agree with you that it's like-minded people who you're holding space for for your work. The thought of having fans makes me want to throw up a little bit in my yeah. mouth. Like, no, thank you. <laughs> it's more like my community is people who ultimately it's connection community is Mm. connection but through the lens of my business it's a group of people who my work resonates with who I can be of service to but like you said the community is a living breathing organism that's bigger than me and that's the only way that I think it grows is by being its own its own entity and those relationships that cross over within it and kind of spring off from it and that's how community but human communities have always happened. So like thinking kind of outside of the Instagram bubble to where I've been like members of fan communities Mm. over the years, it is never about that direct conversation with the person that you're kind of, whose post that you've all kind of, or whose work you've been brought together by. It's about the relationships you make and the people you find within that space who are similar to you, who have similar values to you, have similar struggles to you. And I think that that is what we all go online seeking like those connections with people who might live on the other side of the world, might live a completely different life, might look completely different to you, but you connect on some fundamental level. That's what we're all looking for. Yeah, I feel like a community is filled up with like different pieces. Like, so some of your community will end up becoming paying customers and clients. Mm -hmm. Some of your community will end up becoming what I like to think of as brand ambassadors. So they love your work and they share your work and they support your work. Some of the members of your community will kind of be what we call call silent members. So you don't really know they're there, but they're there and they're benefiting from your work. And it's a two-way conversation with a community. When we come at it from the business sense here, you are holding space for this community to connect with your work, but then you are also learning from them. You're in conversation with them. Mm. Through different things, you can facilitate conversation with each other it's a two-way relationship it's not what you get from your community but it is I kind of like using that kind of JFK cliche quote of like it's not what your community can do for you (laughs) but what you can do for your community but it is also a two-way system I have found so much joy and connection and meaning just from conversations with my community whether that's the clients I have conversations with or the people I connect with on Instagram or an email my community is human connection absolutely and and that's the motivating factor about it for everybody I would say in a business perspective like I feel very much like a member of my community like an equal member we're all equal members and it's not that fan follower dynamic and that's what you talk about where you're getting kind of involved and you're in the conversations and you're responding to other people in the same way that they're responding to you and it's equal and people feel met by that yeah and I I always I think I've said this in a past episode actually like I remember when I started my blog like um, seven years ago now all I wanted to know was that if I was lonely I was seeking connection and I could speak and someone would reply yes And I think that's the privilege of having a community is even if it bombs, because that's the kind of phrase we use when we talk about an Instagram post not going down well. But even if you put up a post and it doesn't reach all of your algorithm people, you still know that you're going to connect with someone. And also, you know that if you really need that community, if you are having the worst day of your life Mm. and you need to go online and ask for some help, that will not bomb. People will hear you and they will see you. And whatever platform it is, whether it's Twitter, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Reddit or even 4chan, 
YouTube, anywhere, this is what community looks like. It's people feeling less alone. It's people sharing ideas. It's people feeling heard and kind of bouncing off each other. And I think it's magical. Yeah, it's it's honestly the greatest privilege and gift. And it's it's why... I wouldn't do this if it wasn't for the community. Same. If it wasn't feeling like we learn from each other and we grow from each other. And I think it's such a privilege and a gift to whatever I'm here to do for my work. I'm actually doing it for people and I'm actually connecting with people. And whatever I create and then share, it goes out and has its own life with all these people's lives. And that is just the coolest thing. As as someone who is facilitating that community, it's amazing. It's a a magical gift and I think it's something we're lacking so much on the whole in our real world lives Mm. now like I often make this argument that Instagram was kind of for me it's taken the place that I think 150 years ago might have been taken by like the local pub where you met your friends every day because everybody went there or the local church or whatever it was for where you are in your community most places had like a central hub Got to be honest, as an introvert, I can't imagine that I would have enjoyed that all that much (laughs) anyway, all that face-to-face community. But I think we do still have a very human need for belonging and for connection and communication. And so we find it, we seek it out online and we've built these amazing hubs that are like the village. It's like Instagram is my village. And and then when you take it, because I think this is where it gets a little murky as a business owner, because when you're a business owner building community, it's to some extent self-serving yeah and this isn't a bad thing because me and Sarah's done exactly this it's like you build a community who you can be of service to and then a tiny proportion of that community sustains your business yes because they're the people who will invest in your products your courses your offerings that's how businesses work I don't know about you Sarah like for me that is a byproduct of my community. Yes. Like my motivation first and foremost is to be of service and to connect, but I have bills to pay. So then also have paid for ways to go deeper into my offerings. And I think as a business owner, the trap is to, again, JFK, cliche. it is a JFK quote, right? I believe so. It's not what your community can do for you. It's what you can do for your community. And I think the mistake people get into is when they see their community as something that owes them something. Yeah. Whereas to me, it's like my community owe me nothing but the same humanity that I show them. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I do think we we were kind of given a gift in that both of us started not from a perspective of making money. Like that was not the intention when we began. So we never set out to build a community purely to profit from it. And you know what's really interesting? I was having this conversation with a client yesterday and she was saying that she feels like at the moment, kind of a lot of the people with the success stories online and with a lot of the kind of, the people kind of sharing a lot of what they've learned kind of came from that background of having a blog or having an online presence before they turned it into a business. Mm. And now there's a whole new generation, I feel, of business owners online who are starting from nothing but with a business ready to go. Yeah, And I feel like what's happening is a lot of the past community building advice is feeling inaccessible because it makes the assumption that you already have people listening to you. I think some people, and I think me and you are probably included in this, but the reason why I don't think we're blind to it is because we talk to all different types of people through our businesses. Only remember what it's like to build a business community on top of an already existing community. Yeah. And I I would bet my hat that I'm not wearing <laughs> the majority of people listening to this are starting, maybe it's middle, mid, halfway along. People who've got a community that they're turning into business. But I bet there's also people listening to this who are like, I'm starting from scratch here. And I think we under, honestly, for my clients who I see starting from scratch, the very hardest bit is the first mountain climb of getting people to connect and pay. Yeah, it's, well, because you're doing both at once. Building a business and building community. Yeah, and you know, we had the luxury of doing one after the other, yeah, yeah. which means you've got the headspace. 
I guess there's a couple of things to say here. Like, don't be mistaken in thinking that that's the only way to be successful and that, oh, if I didn't have a successful blog or a successful Instagram beforehand, I can't have a successful business. The other thing that all those people have in common is they've been doing it a lot longer. And the reason we all have similar roots is because that's what everyone was doing back then on the internet. So it's not about the, the way it's happened. It's about the time it's been happening for and the amount of time we've been showing up and how long it takes to really build a solid community that can support a really solid business. Yeah. The other thing to say then is it is absolutely possible to do both at once. And I think you're right that a lot of the existing advice out there isn't going to be one size fits all because people approaching it now, we're doing it in a very different age where people are more cynical. Mm. People are aware that there are kind of business There's aims. more noise. There's so much more noise. So you need different strategies to really stand out. And even more than that, you cannot compare your pace to the pace of someone who was starting off with a thousand people already paying attention yeah. to them. Or for some people, 10,000, 20,000. I mean, you had over 100K before you started your business, right? Yeah, because I didn't think of having a business. Exactly. <laughs> and I do really believe in building community like you I have a big mantra that you cannot ask of your business what it cannot yet give to you mm-hmm. and building a community of people who resonate with what you do or invested in what you do that's essential to have a thriving online business yes and so I think another thing is you might have seen someone started a business and within a few months be wildly successful but don't believe the lie that you're failing if yours doesn't look like that because if they had community built already yes they were 20 steps ahead of you I'm just saying this because I think it's really easy to compare your path to someone else's and feel like you're failing or falling behind when you're not you're exactly where you're supposed to be absolutely and no two people's communities are identical like it can feel like there's a lot of overlap and of course there is but if you are genuinely channeling what you uniquely have to offer then you are going to be building a unique community for your work as well so just because someone who is superficially similar to you might be growing at a faster rate doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong it just maybe means your niche is smaller or you're targeting a smaller group of people And also I think when we focus too much on like how fast am I growing or how am I growing in comparison to them, we lose sight of the most important work, which is showing up as our whole self, knowing what our business is here to do or what our brand is here to do or what our work is here to do and just going for it. I think as humans, we can just sense that desperation. Like we know there's something we don't connect with when you go onto an Instagram page or a blog post or anything from someone who's trying too hard and worrying too much about the numbers and it kind of turns us off and turns us away and then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy it's like the harder you try and hold on the more it slips through your fingers and I also think that we then lose sight of what builds community connection value joy like what builds community is you showing up and holding space being of service just sharing yourself because I I also see sometimes people feel a lot of pressure to build like especially say a blogger who doesn't have any interest in selling products or courses or one-on-one offerings they just kind of they want a blog and then they think well I have to be of value because that's what all the advice says no the best thing you can do is show up and share your story share your view of the world if you want to build a well-read blog yeah and if if that's kind of the niche of the blog that it's in and I think sometimes it's thinking about show up and do what will what is going to draw people to you that's the question to ask yourself in the community and I think sometimes we get distracted by all the crap that's in our ears there is so much noise and a lot of it is conflicting I'm aware that a lot of what we're going to be saying now is going to be conflicting to Mm. advice that people have probably already read and already consumed and it all makes sense like none of it sounds unreasonable so I guess it's that thing that you and I talk about such a lot which is kind of coming back into yourself and checking in with yourself what what feels really right and what feels like the right path 
Yeah, and I think in terms of that question of like, how do you build a community? I think it comes down to two things. I think it comes down to content and conversation. Mm -hmm. So we live in a digital media world, whether that is your blog, your newsletter, your Instagram feed, your Twitter feed, your podcast, your video series. That content is how you make get people's attention, how you make a connection point with them. And then I think the conversation is how you turn attention into community. So if someone's commenting on your Instagram posts, them commenting and you not carrying on the conversation with them as you've got attention there but you engaging with them and having a two-way conversation that's real community to me it might take me a while to reply to all comments but I try and always do because I can't ask someone to speak if I'm not willing to listen and connect yeah things always fall through the cracks but I'm a big like I reply to every reply to my newsletters that I get it might take me a couple of weeks because I just think and obviously there gets to a point where some brands outgrow the ability to manage the communication they're getting coming their way but I think it comes down to content and community and conversation and so you you use your content streams or whatever ways you're using to show up and connect with people as a way to build community and find community but it's the conversation you have with them on the other side of that that really nurtures the community I think definitely so I would say like I feel like I've outgrown my ability to respond yeah. to all the dms all the comments all the emails I get on a daily basis all of the different inboxes across social media but I still make time every day to go into all of them and reply to what I can so there's at least that's the best you can do that ongoing connection like you will see I'm always replying to tweets on Twitter I'm always making sure I've liked things I'm kind of showing up because I think back for me I kind of always flip it and think what does it feel like for me when have I felt like I've really been a part of a community and when does it cross that line And this comes from, you know, I'm active on forums, I'm active on Reddit, I'm active on social media, I'm active in lots of places where not as me and Ola, just as like a person, Mm. as an anonymous person. And for me, it starts to feel like community when I begin to recognize familiar names, Mm. other people begin to recognize me, people mention you maybe by name or Mm. respond to you directly. All of those like one-to-one kind of human connections, when they start happening, it feels like community and it feels like you're a part of that community. Also things like shared jokes, Mm. shared understanding. I think that's why things like memes are so popular, Mm. that whole culture, because it becomes like shared community, like a shared joke Mm. makes you feel part of the community, even if you don't know the name of anybody in it. And I would say if you're not joining communities you're not going to know how to create a community. Mm. You need to know what it feels like to be part of one in order to know when you're getting it right. Yeah, and I think that is not to shame anyone who doesn't have the capacity. I don't respond to everything. Of course not. That is more just to say that if you're speaking, are you also intentionally when you can responding to what's coming your way? And I think, I remember actually, like this is like seven years ago now, the thing that moved the needle the most, unintentionally, because I wasn't there like, I want to grow my blog. But the thing back then that helped me slowly start to build my first community was twitter chats yeah was talking to people finding common ground making time for each other slowly but surely making space for each other in our digital lives and i think it looks similar now but i think it's changed i think twitter chats still exist i think podcast conversations mm-hmm. is how people reach community i think people actually build facebook communities to reach yeah community. facebook groups are huge for community massive now. and i think it's just community is both the community you facilitate and also the community is where you show up in as well yeah and they can overlap or they can be completely separate i should plug now actually i have a twitter chat called the insta chat which happens every month even if you're not a twitter user i would so recommend coming to check it out not because it's my my chat i don't really profit from it in any way but because every single time we run it I see people making relationships Mm. I see people saying afterwards oh my god I've I've like made so many new Instagram friends 
and they follow each other and the conversations carry on long after the chat has finished and it really does build community and I think these kind of old school ways of building community a lot of them do still work in the modern age so if you've not tried it on a different platform and you feel like you're struggling to build community on one platform don't be afraid to leap onto something else and try it. Yeah, completely. And I would say, I think if I can encourage anyone with any, because the actual act of building community is just leaning into the space where you take up the best space. Yeah. So it's your content, how you want to show up and connect with people. I think the the most important thing here is it takes time to build community. Very rarely does someone just build community overnight yes. or even over a few months. It's It will build slowly but surely. And if you want it, you have to be willing to show up for it and before it even feels like it's there. Do you think it's harder to build community whilst you're simultaneously making asks of it as a business right from the beginning? I think it's harder to get return investment on those asks. Yeah. Like I am a big, I'm a big bully, like I've said so many times, you cannot ask of your business what it cannot give you yet. And I'm a big believer in show up and be of service and treat your community with respect and offer them an opportunity to go deeper when it feels like you're doing that from a place of joy and integrity and not from a place of desperation or forcing. Mm-hmm. I actually think you intuitively know when the business is ready from that for you. And for some people that looks like taking your time. And for some people that looks like doing something because they're holding themselves back from doing something. Yeah. But if you haven't built a relationship or delivered any value, why the hell would someone buy from you in the first place? Yes. Yeah, that's so true. And I can think of examples where I've seen that happen. And that doesn't mean that there's no space to sell early on. But yeah, people who've gone straight for the sell and not done any of the, like building trust and built, it's like no trust. Yeah, that. completely. That is the, one of the, like the oldest like advices. And it's amazing as you know, like and trust factors. So the people know you, do they get what you're about? Do they feel like they have a connection to you as a person? Do they like you? I think we cannot confuse like, likability does not mean that you're palatable. No. Likeability means as do they feel safe in your, in your work? Yeah. Do they connect with it? Would they feel happy sharing your work with a friend? Exactly. And then trust is so key because people might know you they might like you but they might not trust you enough to invest in Mm -hmm. you I know for some clients they've shared with me in the past like they've known and liked a brand but the reason they don't trust it is because it feels very flaky or unclear or they've heard bad things about that brand yeah or there's like an inconsistency in inconsistency. yeah and so I think building an all I can trust is key I think that we are in a time where two things are true at the same time where it's never been easier and it's never been harder to build community I agree yes it's never been easier because there's so many tools out there now there's instagram there's podcasts there's blogs there's facebook ads there's pinterest there's all this stuff and it's never been harder because your expectations are higher because you've seen what everyone else has achieved and there's more noise Mm -hmm. to break through so the tools are this i have such a strong belief that the cream rises to the top i do and so in a noisy noisy industry and that doesn't mean that you have to be the best at what you do in across the board it means that you just have to be doing the very best you can do yeah and doing it i'm a really big believer in doing things a little differently or doing things like put up your own fresh spin on it because if you're just making the same noise as everybody else why would anyone listen if they're getting it 10 other places so true like it's so tempting I think for people to say oh they're doing well I'm going to do exactly what Mm -hmm. they do but it's only when you lean into your own version of it that anything magical can happen and I think that's why those of us who built community before building business it seemed maybe more streamlined or 
easier for us I'm saying I don't like the word easier there but I'm going to use it anyway Mm -hmm. I think we had that because we had years to figure out our voice and our style and our message and find out who we were before we asked anything of it yeah and so what happens when you're starting completely from scratch is you're figuring all that out out loud Mm -hmm. and you have to give yourself that space and time to find out who you are in your work and who you are in your business and people want to join you for that I think it looks really good to pretend like you have everything like you're 10 steps ahead of yourself it might get people's attention faster but there's trust that's lost along the way when the discernment kicks in they see the holes in the plot line yeah absolutely so it's a harder ask to do it to balance it all at once because you're essentially spinning extra plates it's like the nic people give the advice of like oh act like you're busier than you are oh, yeah like, act like you're fully booked and that, or you'll just make space for them or put like lie on your website about your availability or lie about the create fake scarcity around like oh yeah. only this many places left when you've sold done already i think that is terrible business advice because not only does it drag the whole industry down into itself and it brings an energy of lack of authenticity around your business definitely but it's telling yourself that you're not good enough as you are and it's putting out a false version of your business and that sooner or later it will be discovered that it's false of course it will like I've seen people do this and then their Facebook community for their course that they've said has sold out it's got three people in it and no one would have minded if you publicly said yeah like I've known like I've known people who've launched courses and maybe five people joined it and they just said in the group you know what this is a quieter class but you mean you get even more access exactly like you're gonna get so much and then the sixth person's gonna be like I'm signing up for that because I'll never get that chance again I remember actually I think this was last year I don't she won't mind me saying this because she did it publicly Kate Ferris ran some workshops and one of her workshops had not sold as well and so she publicly spoke about it about how it felt like for it not to, I remember she did an Instagram post and mm. then it sold out so her being vulnerable and sharing how she felt in that moment probably also brought attention to the fact that hey there's still tickets for this if you want to call yeah absolutely and maybe help people like her and trust her and feel like they were ready to invest exactly whereas if she'd have like not her but like if anyone in that situation had just kind of lied but then on the day people people were like wait what what's going on here I think your trust and your integrity is the most important thing that you build in your community it's the most valuable thing you own as a content creator and as a business owner and it's something I don't think anyone should ever take lightly and I integrity is how I sense check everything in my business and if something is out of alignment with integrity it's like for example I you know this and I shared it with my newsletter list recently I walked away from an opportunity with a literary Mm -hmm. agent because she had an idea for a book she wanted me to work on and she was a wonderful wonderful person and I'm sure I would go back to her again one day if it was the right fit but the book that we were going to work on together it was out of integrity for me to work on that book from both an energetic space and a headspace. And I walked away from an opportunity that on paper would have probably looked very good, but my integrity sense check was not there for me. And I do this all the time with everything in my business. Making decisions from a place of integrity sometimes means that you grow slower, that you don't have the big, crazy, flashy wins. Yeah. But I go to sleep at night being very proud of who I am and everything feels aligned for me. And I think we don't talk enough about the importance of integrity in community building. We kind of have allowed shady tactics. Like it's kind, We're kind of getting to a place where it's like, ah, oh, yeah, but that's what you have to do. And I don't agree with that at all. I don't agree with that at all. And I think what you said earlier about it's never been harder, but it's never been easier. Like some people feel really surprised to hear that because they really believe the narrative that it's harder than ever. And an example I quite often use for people is when I first started back on my Instagram and I had my little period of like superstellar growth and got to my first 100k in a year, that was how the opportunity looked then. And then if you think about someone, if you know all that is she, Dominique, 
So that was kind of, I guess, 18 months ago now. She had a window of that opportunity and she grew to like 500k. Mm. And now, we're, you know, nearly two years on, you see someone like Mrs. Hinch, she's grown to 2 million. So the opportunities are still there and actually they're bigger than ever because the number of people online is bigger than Mm. ever. There are more people using Instagram now than there were back when I first started. So your opportunities to reach out and build community are growing and expanding every day. But it is about finding the way to cut through the noise and to stay authentic and stay full of integrity when there's going to be a lot of people around you who are making you feel like that's not the path to success. And I also think the most important question to ask yourself is, what is my intention for building a community? Because if you don't get clear, if you just say, I want big Instagram numbers and you don't know why and you chase that, you're going to miss out on building the thing that's actually going to change your life. One of my other mantras in my business is that your business has to change someone else's life before it can change your own. So if you're building a community around your business, this is where it comes down to being of service and not self-serving. If you look at your community and you're like, buy from me, praise me, love me, change my life, but you're not showing up for them, your business changes changing your life is a byproduct of you changing someone else's life in big and small ways totally and I think you have to get really clear on why do you want to build community and if you only want it for vanity metrics you're wasting your life there because you are worthy of so much more than just pretty numbers numbers are great if that serves what you want but figure out wait what do I actually want like are you like you know what I want to be able to sell my art to people who love it so I want to build a community of people who love my art or maybe you're a coach I want to build a community of people who want to invest in working with me maybe you're a writer I want to build a community of people who want to buy my words that I want to sell and share actually get really clear on what the community is then the path forward is comes from that and you don't allow kind of terrible advice to come in and just steal your attention and then you know when you found it exactly and you it becomes measurable if you need to and I would definitely say celebrate every small win. I can remember when, you know, there was like three people who used to read my old blog, but they were so loyal. In fact, they still follow me now Mm. on Instagram. And this is like a whole separate incarnation later. If one person takes 10 minutes out of their day to read your blog post or half an hour to listen to your podcast, that's one person who's given you their mind for that time and that that little window into their world. And I think one thing I see people doing an awful lot is pursuing new community members at the expense of the existing Mm. ones and forgetting to nurture and to cherish the people that you already have. So if there was one kind of piece of advice I would give to anyone, it is to take care of the community you already have, make them feel so special, because even if there's only three of them, by making them feel nurtured and loved, you will draw more people in, you will keep the ones you've got, and that is how you grow it. Growth should be a byproduct not the intention. Like growth is a byproduct of you being an awesome place to hang out. Uh, So with my clients, when they're getting a business off the ground and the question everyone asks themselves is how will I get my first client? How will I get my first client? And one of the things I suggest to them is to flip the question around. So to be like, instead of asking how will I get my first client or when will I get my first client? It's how can I make it easier for the right clients for me to find me? Yeah. Same question with community. Instead of asking, like, how can I build community? Ask yourself, how can I hold space for the right people to find me and connect with my work? And that's looking like showing up. That's ultimately, if you keep showing up, you will find your people. And if you're finding that the things you've been doing for a long time are not working, then you need to switch it up a little bit. Yes. If you want outcome, like, if you're just doing this for joy and fun, cool. Like, that's amazing. 
But if you are finding that your your efforts are not working for you, you're not the problem. It's just that maybe you sometimes you have to do something you haven't done before to get something you haven't had before. And that doesn't mean throw a load of strategies at the wall. Maybe that just means, you know what? All I've ever done is write content and people seem to not be engaging with it as much. So I'm going to start an audio series or a video series or just switch it up a little bit. Or I'm going to write more long form content that they can download instead of reading from my blog. I don't know what that looks like for you. But switch it up a little bit if you're finding that it's not working. And and community building is experimenting as well. Definitely. I would add to that mixing it up. Sometimes it's about revisiting what you've done before. What's worked? Yeah. And we can get into quite lazy habits where, you know, we used to be great at replying to every blog comment. But these days we let them slip through. And I'm certainly guilty of this. But if you're struggling in any area to build community, going back to the times when you know it was working, it was full of momentum and seeing what was working and what you can bring into the present. Yeah, one of my big things that brings me back is I always go back to being of service. And this is because I have a service-based business and I truly believe that business is there to be of service to the world. So for me, my community, it's around me, but it is around the business as well. And it's kind of, if I get lost, it's like, well, how can I show up and be of service to my community right now? How can I hold space for them to have whatever experience I hope my brand and my business can enable for them? I don't think I ever ask myself, what can my community do for me? This kind of is making me think of a slightly controversial opinion I hold but there's a lot of campaigns at the moment about trying to save the high street and to save high street stores Mm. and the main focus of them is on telling people they need to shop more on the high street and making them feel kind of bad about the fact that they're buying everything online and for me I think that is always the wrong way to come from business because Mm. the reason that people are not shopping on the high street is not because they hate their high street stores they don't value them they don't appreciate them the reason is that everyone's really busy, everyone's really tired, everyone's overstretched and quite often financially stretched and it's easier and cheaper and quicker to do it online. So if we as business owners go, you as customers need to work harder to come and be my customers, it's not going to save our businesses. But if you can flip it around and say, okay, how can I be easier, Mm, mm. more accessible, more affordable for my customers? What do I need to change in order to stay Mm. competitive and to stay valuable and of use to my audience? that's where you find the solutions. And although I know these campaigns are really well-meaning and I totally support our high streets and totally understand the incredibly difficult situation that brick and mortar stores are, are, are in at the moment, I think that the narrative that consumers need to change is never going to be the way that we that we create successful businesses completely and I think that's even bringing it down to like if you share something and it doesn't get the engagement you want it's not complaining and being like well why didn't you engage with this and why didn't you love this I really agree with Seth Godin he has a book called this is marketing which I actually really recommend people to read I'm listening to it on the audiobook and he one of his kind of belief systems is like you have to do marketing from a place of empathy Mm -hmm. you have to Mm -hmm. believe that your community and your client and your customer knows what's best for them and so you have to approach community from a place if you're not the expert like leading the way it's not it's it's a democracy yes (laughs) like everyone is equal like you said earlier and you all can learn from each other and grow from each other it's just that you're there is a responsibility that comes with facilitating community like say for example you have a facebook group and then someone in the facebook group is being abusive to another member you do have a responsibility there to keep people safe but i also think i don't like the me and then you mindset approach to it either i really want to respect my members of my community and especially the people who buy from me because that's their hard-earned money and I want to treat that transaction with so much respect and integrity and I guess coming down to this final question of like how do you build community online 
you build it however the hell a you want to <laughs> yes. and b how it works best for you and the internet is always shifting and changing but the very core of why we connect to people will never shift and change because we're human beings exactly you connect with people online yeah. the exact same way you connect with them at a toddler group at the doctor's surgery waiting room at the pub wherever you meet them sat next to them on a plane you find what you have in common and you have a conversation and it's exactly the same online just on a broader scale yeah and if you try and fill community building with strategies and blueprints and formulas you lose the humanity yeah i really believe in like if you're gonna take intent i don't even like to use the word strategy anymore it's like i'm just gonna take intentional purposeful action and for me it's all an experiment well it's like turning up at that toddler group with a strategy i'm gonna make five <laughs> friends today and these are the five friends i'm gonna look and for. i'll do it by complimenting everyone's outfit like it would be strange this and people is, would know yeah this is why i find kind of um strategic networking I don't yeah, like that. Totally like, like when people have like a list of people who they want to make friends with and like they, I just, that, I, I don't know. I'm just naturally more of like a, I take more of a human approach than that. Yeah. I, and this is none of this to say that if you've enjoyed or used any of no, these go for it. strategies successfully in the past, like we are not judging you. It is more to kind of say if people are listening to this and feeling like they don't have a way in and they don't have time or capacity for all of these strategies, it really isn't what matters. It really isn't what makes the difference and moves the needle. What matters is humans connecting with other humans and you already have everything you need to do that. And if you're feeling really, if it still feels like you're looking in through the window and not understanding it, pick like three to five people whose work you've really enjoyed online and, and you've become part of their communities, whether it's as an active member or as a silent member, and reverse engineer how they've done it, what it looks like, how it functions. That's a really great way to get your head around it. I would really say I don't think you can build a community without being a part of communities mm. elsewhere. So if you are trying to do it from a point of kind of purely as a broadcast and you've no experience of being a member of an online community, I would take it back a step and start by just joining in somewhere. Even if that even if that means just silently observing. Yeah, you don't have to be loud about it, but just being involved, feeling like you want to check in every day and that follow your interest. If, that, if, you, if you can't find that community on Instagram, go to somewhere like Reddit and find some really niche topic that you're nerdy about where you can feel motivated to study community and to understand how it happens yeah and just trust that you yourself are good enough to cultivate community like there is something about every one of you listening right now that's special and interesting you all have stories that are incredible to share or gifts or skills like you don't have to change who you are or make yourself fit in someone else's skin like if you double down on who you are that's where the magic happens and I don't think we talk about that enough in this world full of strategies and advice I think it's so essential because the digital world creates a barrier for us, literally a barrier. There's a screen between me mm. and you. And the only way to overcome that is to be more human, to be as human as you possibly can so that I can sense your humanity through the screen and still have that connection. And when people reduce their humanity by being too perfect, being too reserved, being manipulative, whatever it is that they're trying to hold back, that's when it breaks down because the barrier is too great and there's just no way through it. And I have been nerdily obsessive about community mm. since my teens. God, how long is that now? Like 70 years. <laughs> yeah, 75 <laughs> years. <laughs> you know, a good uh, 15 years, probably more. I remember being on bulletin boards, which was pre-social media, analyzing and obsessing over why does this community work and not this community? Like why have this, have this group of people gelled? And this group haven't, how can I find a way in? And the lessons I've learned from that, I feel like I've brought to everything else along the way. 
which is not to say that you have to have 15 years of experience of, of obsessing over people's community, but I, I would just say pay attention and, and constantly be kind of looking at what's working for you, what's hitting home, what's connecting, who are you connecting with and what is it about them that makes that feel like a real relationship. Fun fact, the first online community I was ever part of was a Charmed forum. Charmed? So the, Char- Charmed the was like my favourite TV show <laughs> ever as a kid. And I would go on this forum mm, and we would talk gem. about the characters and the episodes. And I miss I miss that. And Charmed has just had a reboot. It and has. it's nowhere as good as the old one. But me and Alex religiously watch it every week because Charmed is like my happy place. Can I ask what your Charmed username was? You know what? I have honestly tried to remember this. I think it was something to do with Leo because I loved Leo when I watched the show, which is like <laughs> such an anti-feminist thing to have. But on, you were young. I just I remember loving escaping onto that. Yeah. So mine was a Tori Amos forum that in the end we went off and set up our own little Tori Amos forum, <laughs> and it was my home. It was my family, and I'm still in touch with those people. Like over a decade later and I went to university and this was at the time when there was no wi-fi in student halls uh, of residence so I had to go to an internet cafe <laughs> my god I sound like the oldest person on earth 70 years old <laughs> <laughs> and I would go every day because that was my community and I wanted to check in with them and that I felt like I was safe and at home when I was being heard by them and hearing what they had to say and I think that goes back to that What's your motivation? What are you getting out of it? And what are you giving to people? And if you can make the community you hold a space that people feel that way about, then you are going to have traction. You're going to have interest and you're going to have a place to share your work. I'm going to sound like my mother now, but make people feel how you want to feel is probably the golden rule of community. Pretty much of life. (laughs) So we would love to hear what your thoughts are on this, what you've learned about community, what you struggle with with building community, what what communities you love being a part of, what community means to you. Yeah, we would love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, our hashtag for our community of the podcast (laughs) is Dear Hopeful Creative. And you'll find us on Twitter and on Instagram and everywhere else. I want to got to say, both Jen and I appreciate so, so much all of you who share this podcast who put it out there into the world every week for us honestly like we were just talking before about how much it means to us and how we're kind of reluctant to take this break we're about to take because we know that there's so many of you that are tuning into it each week so hopefully you'll stick with us for these few weeks off I hope you have a wonderful few weeks for yourselves as well and we will see you at the end of April yeah we can't wait to come back but we are very looking forward to a little break too but yeah have a great rest of your day bye bye You can join us at lettersfromahopefulcreative.com and on social media. So on Instagram, I'm at me and Orla. And you'll find me at jencarrington underscore. We're going to be sharing new episodes every Monday. So if you've liked what you've heard so far, hit subscribe in your podcast app and be sure to leave us a review because it will help other people find the show. Yeah, and we can't wait to connect with you soon.